The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Why do certain people experience NDEs, and why do they happen when they do? Is it just a random accident that some of us get to see the other side, or does it happen for an intended purpose? Welcome to IN's NDE Radio, brought to you by the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. Many people experience such scary events in their lives as drownings and life-threatening car accidents. However, fewer than 20% of those folks remember having an NDE or out-of-body experience connected with the event. Why do these visions happen to only some of us, and are they intended to change our lives? Our guest today, Tina Angeli, believes her first NDE, a drowning when she was in her 20s, was to free her from an abusive marriage and set her life on a new course of sharing and healing. In fact, she then went on to have additional contact with the other side and to share that knowledge with others. Tina has had three near-death experiences which have proven to be life-changing for her and for those she has counseled as well. She has employed her gifts of healing and mediumship as the director of the Soul Center, Soul being source of unconditional love, in Granby, Connecticut. She has spoken publicly about her NDEs and was a presenter at last year's IONS conference. Tina, welcome to NDE Radio. Morning from Connecticut. Yeah, Tina, we, was, I'd like, if if you would, to start out by just telling our listeners about the NDE experiences you've had. Yes, I feel more comfortable if I could do a, a short version of just a few minutes uh, chronologically of, uh, of my life because it will fall in. Sure. Okay. So chronologically, I, uh, I was born in Italy in a small town, and I was only two years old when I first saw what I perceived to be my beautiful lady. Every evening, just like magic, she would appear and float around in our meager one-room apartment. I felt protected and nurtured, and she always stayed with me until I peaceful fell asleep. These visits lasted until I was about eight years old. It wasn't mm-hmm. until many, many years later that I asked Spirit, could this experience have been at an NDE? I received a firm yes in my solar plexus, it was a spiritual rescue mission. My special visitor appeared when my parents were engulfed in immense grief after their one-year-old daughter, Teresa, died of a childhood disease. This crisis drove my parents to abandon me emotionally, and I became the invisible child. Okay? So that's wow. how it went. And um, I don't know if you have questions on that for now, but I'm going to go go on, Okay. Well, let, let me just ask you, do you think it was a guardian angel that you were seeing, or was it a, I mean, there you were in Italy where uh, there have been apparitions of the of the Virgin Mary. Do you, do you have any context for, for what well, you saw? I, that's why I, I put this chronologically, because later on, uh, as I share my story, uh, she appeared again over my oh, garage. Very, okay? Very good. So I, I'll let you go on. Thank you. All right, so fast forward, I got married, and I had two uh, daughters. And in my 20s, my family went swimming at a pond with a friend uh, on a hot summer day. As the kids swam and played, I kept my eyes on them. Since I never learned to swim, I carefully 
went in the water up, only up to my knees. I tripped on something. I lost my balance, and I could not get up. The hardest I tried, the deeper I went. Suddenly, I felt a snap, and a protective bubble of soft light totally saturated me, and I felt no pain. And I saw and felt a line of pictures above my head. They looked like a floating slideshow without the projector. I was having what I later learned was called a life review. I felt intense clarity as I saw other possibilities for my life. I found myself examining other lifetimes of abuse for my husband, and I saw new ways to change the experience, break, and break the cycle of abuse. I was amazed by my reactions to the slideshow. I was saturated by knowledge, power, and insight, and total acceptance. I felt my body pulled, and I realized that it was my friends pulling me out of the water. Having gained total clarity of my strength and options, I proceeded to divorce my husband, not just for my health, but also for my children's sake. Yes. Through, uh, through the years, Spirit, with all its helpers, often checked in, gently nudging me to begin my work. It felt more like I was being hit on my head with a spiritual two-by-four. And it is, it is an interesting feeling, I have to say. About 20 years ago, on a dark spring evening, I saw a huge luminous being of bright light over my barn, garage barn. Telepathically, I heard, my name is Naomi. I was the one who visited you as a child in Italy. I am your personal angel. You and I have been together since before Earth time. Allow yourself to simply be utilized as an instrument. The energy comes through you, not from you, dear. Just trust, and we will do the rest. I graciously accepted my gift, and I finally committed to my spiritual work. Almost uh, 11 years ago, I started a monthly meditation and channel group, which is always the first Thursday of the month. Okay, now that's my second one. I'm going to go in the, thir- in the third one uh, further, but do you want to ask any questions on that? Well... The the drowning was your your first uh, NDE, but uh, obviously it it only enhanced what you'd already experienced as a child. Now, well, as a you child, ha- I mean, I was told that there is such a thing. By doing more research on that, I was told that uh, what happened to me uh, certainly seemed like it was an emotional near death experience. Because I've done some research, and I know that emotional and near death experience do exist. Right. Now, let me ask you this, and and we'll get back to your story in a minute. Uh, yeah. You 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 were raised in Italy. Uh, what? How old were you when you came to this country? I was fourteen. And had you been raised in the Catholic Church? Yeah, I mean, the uh, Catholic uh, Church is very prevalent there, and I I don't remember having any other kind of religion. But I, mm. I also saw things in the. Uh, Catholic uh, religion that didn't match, you know, the words did not match the actions of uh, the uh, the priests and the nuns and all, all the the dramas that were, were being played out. Right. As a child, did you ever talk to a to a, a priest or a nun about your um, visions? No, no. I just uh, I just felt like I I uh, I didn't. Uh, once I, I asked, I didn't want to deal with this. That everything went away. So I felt okay. 
And it was like instinctively, it felt like I knew that I could not talk to anybody about this. Mm-hmm. I understand. Okay, why don't you go on with your uh, with, with your story? Okay. My third near-death experience, I call it the miracle car crash, which happened on January 5th. Uh, 2012, which, uh, interestingly enough, it's also my youngest daughter's birthday. It was mm-hmm. about 6 p.m. as I drove from my home going toward my office. Suddenly, I felt my car get hit and spin around. I later learned that a truck crashed my car. I found myself crushed by the caved-in driver's door and partially pinned between the airbags, the steering wheel, and the passenger seat while still tied to my seatbelt. Both the side bags and the one in front of the steering wheel were uh, exploded on impact, and an awful odor filled the car, which made my breathing extremely difficult. As the Mm. car continued to spin at a super high speed instantly, I felt my consciousness going into a very slow motion. Everything became flat, more vivid and transparent, like a holographic imagery. My breathing Mm -hmm. stopped. And I, my breathing stopped and I felt my soul spin out of my body. I found myself in the middle of a suspended room and I was having a telepathic conversation with a light being which, uh, who was in the middle of a group of similar beings. And I, I, hmm. there were nine of them, nine of them. I actually found myself counting them. I knew these beings were, were not of this world. I sensed that they were important in the decision make a spiritual arm. I said, I can't leave now. I'm not finished. I have more important things to do on the earth in this lifetime. And I also felt, and I'm getting emotional now, but I also felt a very active and protective energy around me. I could also hear and see all of what was going on outside of my car below. Within that level of dimension, everything was happening simultaneously, and it was perfectly clear and fearless with no judgment. I mm. felt protected by a very familiar, loving, and soft, warm bubble, with no feelings of any pain whatsoever, just as acceptance. In this space, I also saw my two previous NDEs. Don't ask me how I saw them or felt them, but I, I knew of them. It was like my whole life was there. Suddenly, the car came to a complete stop by the other side of the main road, and instantly and clearly, I heard, felt, okay. Back in the car, I saw a woman and a man quickly running toward my car. They were the same people I saw from above. They kindly asked me if I was all right. I was able to slowly say, I'm not sure. Although I felt like I was a, I was in a trash compactor, I was having, I was not having any physical pain. The CAT scan at St. Francis Hospital in Hereford showed I had no broken bones, only lots of bruising. Now, as, as I was healing, a few months later, I was guided to find an hypnotist to help me recall more details of this incident, during which I clearly saw. I saw my soul leave my body and go straight up to a room with no walls. Very, very bright light all around illuminated the entire area. Behind the table were nine beings of light. These beings were, did not have human shape, but were pure light energy. 
to enhance their form, they wore dark capes that formed a human silhouette around their bodies. I felt that this shape was created for my benefit. I just felt that. The love that emanated from them, particularly the one in the center, was pure and powerful. His wisdom was beyond human words, and I felt honored and humbled to be in their presence. Sorry. (laughs) The energy is spinning in my body. With no physical words spoken, the message given was, proceed, continue. You will be affecting many lives by your messages. There is no reason for you to feel bashful, to feel shy, or to be concerned with what other people think of your messages. Just continue to trust. It's a process. Your healing will affect others' healing. We're talking about emotional healing here. Just proceed. Continue. This was repetitive. It's not about what other people think. It's about you speaking the truth. You're always loved unconditionally. Never, ever forget it. Trust your gut feelings always. Enjoy every breath that you take. Enjoy life. It is precious. And know that you are loved always. Since the accident, my perception of life has changed. For one, materialistic pursuits are meaningless in the grand plan. I know that. I have Mm -hmm. noticed that my sleep state dreams are more vivid, clear, and more intense than ever. Additionally, which is a biggie for me, my shyness, which I have dealt with all my life, has completely disappeared. <laughs> this intense and life-changing experience reaffirmed that life does not begin with birth nor ends with death. Consciousness continues on. Yes, there is an afterlife. There's no question about that. My NDE trilogy took me to a full circle, a full realization that there is a divine plan And I do have an important role to play in it. And when my contract on the earth expires, I trust that the same God that that has guided me so far will take my soul back home. In the meantime, I am still in the process of discovery, and I graciously continue to enjoy every breath that I take. Questions? Yes. um, You had mentioned uh, just briefly when when you talked about your abusive husband that that abuse had continued from, from previous lives do you suppose yeah. we conti- we continue in the same roles uh from life to life um and why w- why would we do that once we'd experienced abuse from from a person why would we submit to it again well when we write the see when we go back to the source we we write what's called for lack of better words it's a contract that we write ourselves and and uh, apparently what was written between my uh, my husband and I was that he was uh, we were both going to volunteer to come back and redo this in a different way so I could uh, get out of it because before I was dead I could get out of the the marriage and and also it's been a lesson for my two daughters not to to realize that a man is not supposed to treat a woman like that of course, you know, everything is done by uh, uh, experience. The Earth experience is all about experience. It's not about what somebody tells you. It's about experiencing it yourself. Right, but the the drowning took place. The near death experience took place 
um, in order to show you that you could get out of that relationship. Is that is that something yeah. that uh, the near-death experience itself was something that you'd agreed to before you were born? It must have been because I was, uh, you know, because we come on the earth with the uh, veil of consciousness, and sometimes it gets pretty thick, and we think that we're victims and all this uh, other things, but that uh, the drowning part uh, of uh, my NDE was that it gave me the clarity. I came back with that clarity, the strength that I knew I needed to continue and just get out of that uh, abusive uh, marriage. And there were mm-hmm. lots of threats and all that kind of stuff, you know, drama, drama. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, life is drama, frequently. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um it's interesting that you uh, you recalled your um, your guardian angel uh, up until about the age of eight because a lot of a lot of children seem to have invisible friends what they yeah. what people adults call invisible friends um, right. until about that age and then and then we seem to lose the ability to to contact the other side so easily but but you maintained that ability uh, what, what do you why, why do you suppose that is. It was interesting because uh, at the age of eight, uh, and I learned this just recently, that at the age of eight is when the the uh, ego sets in. So mm-hmm. as the ego set in, I must have been thinking about, you know, I don't want to be different. I don't want to see things that other people don't see. And so therefore, I asked for not to, you know, I didn't want to deal with that. And so they honored that wish. Until yes. you know, about twenty years ago, when I saw the thing. Of course, I have to say that uh, when I used to see her as a child, she did not have wings. She had this veil-like outfit. She was just floating. You know, sometimes she would play peekaboo with me. She's floating uh, around the the room until I peacefully fell asleep. And I remember so clearly the the soles of her feet. I, I mean, I remember oh. it as if it happened just yesterday. <laughs> Yeah, it was that's, wonderful. That's, that's an interesting thing to to remember. Yeah, the soles of somebody's uh, feet. Right? <laughs> <laughs> now, to jump ahead to um, to the nine luminous figures that you saw in your NDE. Yeah. Um, would you call them angels? Would you call them um, a, a manifestation of God? How how do you think of them in in your own mind? While I was there, it felt. For some reason, it just felt like I knew that the one in the middle was the one that made the decision. I'm not sure if it was uh, God or who it was, but definitely they they were uh, highly developed masters, I would say, for lack of a better word again. Masters mm-hmm. that, uh, and then the nine, apparently the nine, the number nine is uh, supposed to be important, but I don't ask me why, but... The nine of them, but I felt like the other, the eight were holding me in this incredible. I was like in in a uh, a bed of feathers, all wrapped up. And so I, I I was I loved being there, but I, I still don't know why I was supposed to. I was so passionate about saying no. I'm not ready to go. I have so many other yeah. things to do still here on the earth. And the information uh, continues to be given to me slowly. Like one of the things that is very important for me to do is uh, finish my book. I started a book years ago, and uh, my granddaughter gave me the title. And uh, you know, and it's not done yet. But apparently, this book is going to be very, very pivotal 
for my, uh, you know, continued healing process, emotional healing. And also those that will be drawn to uh, reading the book will also get a lot out of it. Mm-hmm. So you I you think of those those nine figures, especially the one in the middle, as as when you say masters, you mean uh, like teachers? They were there to uh, yes, to give you guide. High, yes, high teachers. I call. I don't know if they were archangels or angels, but I know that the the capes that they were wearing was just to enhance their form. It was, and I knew in I knew instinctively that 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 form was created for me, just so I wouldn't mm. see nine blobs. You know what I mean? Well, I wonder if with without those capes, whether it might all have merged into one light. Um, I, you, you know, when people talk about going into the lights, they they just see this brilliant light. Yes, that that I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's what happened. But apparently, I was to see it in that way uh, because mm-hmm. these nine nine beings are constantly, you know, nudging me. <laughs> And I know that they're there. And I also know that part of this book that I'm uh, I'm writing is is going to be channeled material information. It's going to be given to me to place uh, in the book. Yes. Well, nine is the number of completion, so uh, mm. it is a symbolic it is a symbolic uh, number and a and a powerful number. Oh, um, so I'm a now, Pisces. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. Do you feel like, uh, are you anticipating, uh, reincarnation after you die, or do you think this is the life that will be, that will complete, um, your, um, uh, your learning I'm on hoping, the earth? I'm hoping that it will be. Complete. Have you had thoughts about that? <laughs> I don't know if I want to come back again, but of course, you know, as, uh, clarity becomes, uh, incredible once we cross over, that's when we make, uh, the decision. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know as of now. All I know is that I'm doing, I'm being drawn to doing a lot in this lifetime. Sometimes when I think back and I, all the things that I, that I do, it's like, oh my goodness, where does all this energy come from? Yes. Now you also do hospice work, don't you? I have done hospice work, yes. They haven't called me there for a while at McLean, uh, uh convalescent home. But yes, I have done that, and that was again was I was doing a journal with my guys because once I accepted this, I um, well, after I saw her over my garage, um, I was always asking, "Am I? Uh, what else do I need to do to, for for my uh, spiritual journey?" And one of the things that came through was uh, get involved with the dying, and I. I became, uh, I said, well, why would I want to do that? And I'm talking to dead people all the time. <laughs> and so uh, then a few days later, I saw in the local paper this ad. It was like a quarter of a page ad that said that uh, volunteers needed for a six-week training. And I said, okay, I got it. And so I called and I became, uh, you know, I went through the training, which was very, mm-hmm. very helpful on the six weeks and it was uh, it helped me the training helped me when uh, my parents were, were as they were dying uh, a few years apart from each other it helped me to deal with that a lot better and of course they assigned me um, uh, people to see on a on a regular basis and um, and I, you know one thing that I remember so vividly a lot of them that what what would happen is that after they passed on, they would come and visit me to thank me. 
uh, even before the nurses would call me and tell me not to show up anymore, you know, the, because that person had died. That was such an incredible feeling to be, you know, to be thanked. I think it's one thing for some uh, um, hospice nurses, they, that's their job, that's what they do. But apparently the volunteers are, there is a special gratitude uh, for for us because it's not something that we get paid to do. It's volunteer, right? And so yes. I, uh, they would come, they would just uh, float in and thank me and then proceed uh, to the light, I guess. So it was, uh, of course, I could not tell that to the nurses when they would call, but I already knew because uh, uh, I, I was uh, thinking that maybe they would not call me again, but that's okay. I, I, uh, I don't have to share everything with everybody when it doesn't feel right. No, no. But it is, isn't it a wonderful thing to to uh, be thanked by someone who has just recently passed on? As a as a chaplain, it's that's happened priceless. to me on a couple of occasions. Yeah, it's uh, it's priceless. It's the the kind of gift that uh, no money could possibly uh, yeah. uh, pay for. And my both my parents came to me after they passed on, so it was uh, it was very powerful stuff. Hospice does such wonderful work, and. Uh, I really do believe that they should be better informed about NDEs. Of course, a lot of hospice workers themselves have have um, heard stories from their patients about, uh, oh, someone who is a, a family member who's deceased who's come to tell them it's that they're going to take them home soon. That sort of thing yeah. happens all the time. But it doesn't become a part of the of, the of the hospice training, which would be such a... a uh, such a wonderful thing for the for the patients themselves to know that um, people have already been over there and seen the other side and can come back and report to them that it's a wonderful thing. On a positive note, I have to share with you that you know the uh, the NDE group at Yukon Health Center in Farmington, Connecticut. Yes. Sometimes uh, nurses do come and uh, partake in the in the, what's going on. So. Um, there's a possibility, I, I hope, that they, uh, it will be part of the training as nurses uh, uh, to do that. Well, IONS has put together a, a, a medical film. Perhaps you saw it when you were at the IONS conference uh, of uh, doctors who are, uh, and it's for doctors, telling them that um, doctors should not belittle or, or tell patients that they've had a Say a hallucination or a, a dream if, if they report having had a near death experience. We have yeah. to start incorporating that into the regular medical profession. It's um, still kind of slow, I believe, but Dr. Bruce Grayson is the one that started the, uh, the group, uh, pulled some strings and was able to give us a room so we could uh, have a support group going on. And that's been going on for more than 20 years. Yes, he's, a, he's been a powerful uh, influence in the, in the near death experience explorations. Well, tell us a little about your soul group. Well, I'm just, uh, I have, I use it, it's my property. I have a labyrinth there, which uh, I do lots of events. It's the biggest private one in uh, in Connecticut, and uh, I do concerts. I'll do all kinds of things as as I get drawn to. In the office itself, I have a monthly meditation group, but I also see clients one-on-one. And uh, it's just incredibly uh, powerful. I, when I... I, I took early retirement from the state of Connecticut, and I knew that my work was, was this. I needed to uh, start a group, and, you know, when 
when the, you, uh, the door opens, people will come, you know, that kind of thing. And that's exactly what's been going on for almost September will be 11 years since I started this group. And I uh, I do meditation, I, I channel, sometimes I will have guest speakers to come and share. But it's it's more, the circle is more in a form of like, it's uh, like teaching. I encourage people, spirit encourages people to, to share, to uh, if they get something, because there are dynamics when people come together. You know, when two or more people come together, miracle happens. I encourage yes. them to uh, to to share what comes through them for other people, and uh, I hear feedback from them all the time. Uh, how they state that, my goodness, my life has changed so much since I come to my to your group, Tina. Thank you, and all. so uh, to see the growth in people that come, it's it's uh, <laughs> I'm full of gratitude for that. What? Uh, how could people? Uh, how could listeners? Uh, get in touch with you to f- to learn more about that and your your work and perhaps uh, get some counseling from you. Well, I don't call it counseling, but it's uh, it's messages that come from spirit. I just utilize myself uh, as as an instrument, as I said. But the uh, are you flashing the uh, the website or not? Uh, well, we're uh, this is just radio, so we okay. <laughs> we can put it on the website later. But why don't yeah. you just okay. tell us now All what right. uh, what your What's your website yeah, is? My, uh, my, it's long. My website is long. But if you Google Tina uh, uh, Angeli uh, Soul Center in Granby, Connecticut, that will come up. And also my uh, my phone number is 860-653-3612. All right. That's great. Um, because we were interrupted, I'm not sure how much time we've got left. Um, but... Um, are there are there any uh, any other things you'd like to add to uh, to um, your very fascinating story uh, about your experiences? Well, I just uh, I'm just so grateful that to have had this okay. opportunity. I just want people to know that the hospitals are getting more open. Like for example, Saturday afternoon, I was uh, I was asked to speak for a, um, a group of nurses. There were eighty uh, guests there, and they wanted to hear about the near-death experience. They also wanted me to channel to the group. But this was at St. Francis Hospital, and it, it was an, a school of nurse, nurses that were doing a fundraiser for people, you know, for, as a, um, for people that have no money to, uh, to that they do want to be nurses. So, uh, and this is St. Francis Hospital. is a Catholic hospital, so I was so grateful to be able to to see that, um, you know, it doesn't matter what religion, but uh, even the churches are getting a little bit more open uh, to do. To people like us, that are able to get information from spirits. And I believe that the, uh, the, the TV stations, all those uh, people that do it on a bigger scale, it helps people feel more comfortable with, uh, uh, you know, with the idea of uh, mediums and psychics and all that. And, and it's important to always uh, pass everything through your gut. The gut says it all. So if you get some information, uh, run it through your gut and see how it feels for you. Because mm-hmm. that's your filter, and it's important to utilize that. Well, that's right. And and the, the more you've had contact with the other side, as you have, the more you uh, feel you can trust your own gut because they've told you you can. Uh, some people 
people, I think, who've not had that experience uh, are perhaps a little more timid about trusting their own judgment in these things. But, but it's all uh, about you... practice. It's all about practice. Yes, when that's you right. you use yourself as an instrument, uh, you are practicing uh, being comfortable with the messages, and also spirit gets more comfortable with you as an instrument. So it is a two-way street. That's right. Now, there's also a, a, a recently made video on YouTube, I believe, that uh, an interview with you. Um, that would probably oh, yes. come up when, when people Google your name. Yes, probably. Uh, the Golden Helix, uh, Patrice, uh, uh, interviewed me uh, on that, just for the, the two physical ones, and she planned to interview me sometime this month again how the first one, the emotional one, is connected to what I do today. So, Because her, it was uh, 25 minutes and I, she didn't want to make it too long, so that's what we're doing. Yes. Well, like, our, like, our, like our show today, it's, and, and as a matter of fact, we are just about out of time, Tina. Okay, all right. <laughs> well, thank uh, so you I, very I, much. I, oh, well, you're very welcome. I want to thank our guest, Tina Angeli, for telling us about her NDEs and what they've meant in her life. If you would like to listen to this show again or any other of our programs, please visit our website at nderadio.org. And for more information about IANDS, please check that website at iands.org. There will be information on that site about our upcoming Labor Day weekend conference on NDEs, health and healing, in Newport Beach, California, from August 28th through the 31st. I look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for listening.